book of John, chapter number three tonight. John, chapter number three. How many y'all love your Bible? Well, I love my Bible. And I'm thankful for the Word of God. It is true. Uh, it does not matter if we like it. It does not matter if we agree with it. It does not matter if it makes you feel good or not. The Word of God is true. And uh, we're going to look at something tonight I believe to be the most important matter on the planet is what we are dealing with today and what we dealt with this morning and what we'll finish dealing with tonight. And that is the, the matter of whether or not you have been born again. I could preach things. I preach just long enough to know what it takes uh, to get a rise out of people. I could preach that. I could preach something to get y'all to, to shout and run and do all those things. Or I just mind the Lord and preach what He's put in my heart for today. And that's what we're going to do. And uh, I want to try to be a help and a blessing to those of you who are here tonight. And here's what I believe. I still believe God is more than able to work on somebody's heart tonight. And save somebody. I really believe that. Now, I'm not just preaching for that. I'm preaching tonight. It's what the Lord put in my heart. But uh, I want to encourage and exhort the saint. If you've been saved, it is a no-so. That's what we've been saying about tonight. And uh, what we preached about this morning. You can know that you've been saved. But if you're here and you don't know, you can leave here and know. And so that's what I want to deal with tonight. Let's look in John chapter number 3 tonight. In verse number 1. John chapter number 3. In verse number one, if you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible said there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's very plain in Scripture. Verse number 4, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter uh, the, the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is? Spirit. And Jesus said, Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. I want to preach again tonight if the Lord will help us for a little while. And I want to preach tonight on this thought, very simple. But listen to me. The most important message that a man, woman, boy, or girl can hear is this one. It is simply this thought. What the Bible says about being born again. Yeah. What the Bible says. Now listen here. I'm not talking about what the preacher says. What does the Bible say? I'm not talking about what your mamma told you or your uncle or your great-grandma's cousin. But what does the Word of God say about being born again? And if you would, let's pray together. You pray for me and pray with me tonight. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, for the opportunity to be gathered together one more time. 
Now, God, I pray that you help me, Lord, physically tonight. I pray, God, that you give me that touch spiritually tonight. I pray, Lord, that you give me power and unction to preach, Lord, uh, under the, uh, the inspiration and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost of God. Lord, there's not one thing that I can say to help somebody outside of you helping me and saying it through me. So, Lord, I pray that you'd preach to me first tonight, but then, God, that you'd preach through me tonight, Lord, to be able to help the saints and, Lord, to be able to draw sinners unto salvation. Oh, God, would you please come by one more time and anoint me and use me, Lord, not that I would receive any praise, accolades, or glory, but, God, that Jesus would be seen, heard, and felt in this place, at this time, among these people. Well, thank you for what you do. Please, God, have your way here tonight. We'll thank you and praise you. For it's in Jesus' name that we do ask and we do pray and all the Lord's people said, Amen and Amen. You can be seated tonight. If I could briefly, by way of introduction, I want to remind us what has occurred here in our text. We understand that the Lord Jesus Christ has begun to explain the most important and supernatural event that is ever going to take place in the life of any man, woman, boy, or girl on the planet. And this is the fact that you must be born again. Can I say, my friend, Nicodemus could not understand what God manifest in the flesh. Jesus Christ could not understand what he had to say. He said, Nicodemus, I'm here to tell you something tonight. Except the man be born again, he cannot inherit, he can't see, he can't go to the kingdom of God. Can I say, Nicodemus, like many people today, thought that this was foreign language. I'm going to tell you what y'all want to try sometime. That when you're out witnessing, instead of saying these words, something like this, uh, have you ever been saved? Won't you, won't you approach somebody uh, somewhere down the line and say, Sir, I want to ask you the most important question of your life. Or ma'am, I want to ask you the most important question of your life. And they say, Okay, what's that? Ask them this in these words. Say, Have you ever been born again? Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of saved people. Uh, my friend that don't understand that terminology and that scares me today friend uh, Deacon said before church you ought to know if you've been born again I mean you ought to be able to go to the place where God birthed you into his family if you don't have a place here's my question when and where did it happen neighbor uh, you've got to know when you got born again I begin to talk, we begin to conversate a little, and I said this, I said, well, I can look over my life, Brother Tony, and every major event that has ever taken place in my life is attached to a place. I mean, the place I was born. When I go to Corbin Hospital, I think about that's the place I was born. My friend, I can take you to the first school that I've ever been to. I can take you to the, the place where God done this for me and that for me. I mean, just carnal things and family things. Every important event is connected to a place oh, yeah. in your life. Yes, sir. If you don't have a place where you were birthed right. into God's family, it's because you've never been birthed. That's right. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. 
I'm going to have to beat you have to give me just a little bit tonight on this. My voice is about shot from this morning. But I'm glad that this is, we've done talked about it. We've done sang about it. This is a no-so thing. Yeah. I'm not wondering. He, I don't know how the words went exactly. But he said something along these lines. That he knows that he's saved in that song. I know heaven is my home preacher. You just think, I've, I've heard stuff like this. Well, if you're just so confident about that you're going to heaven, then you, you just must think a whole lot about yourself. You better look up here and listen to me. Salvation ain't never had nothing to do with me. And it ain't got nothing to do with you. My confidence does not come from my life. My confidence does not come from my decision. My confidence does not come from my faithfulness, nor my morals, nor my good deeds. But I know as a seven-year-old boy on the side of the road and a little Emily cold temple, the Holy Ghost came by and he birthed me into the family of God. I know that I've been saved tonight because what the Bible says about being born again. I don't draw my conclusion from other men. I don't draw my conclusion from myself. You ever wake up and feel like you're lost? You don't go to heaven based on how you feel. And I don't even make a Presbyterian shout that we ain't we we ain't going because how we feel. I know I've been born again because what the Bible says about being born again. Jesus tells Nicodemus you must be born again. We do live in a day and hour, and I'm not going to re-preach everything, but I am going to hit the high points from this morning. We live in a day and hour of intellectual salvation. They've got it all right here. Listen to me, there's a difference in knowing about him and knowing him. You know what Paul said, don't you? He said that were, those days were coming to have a form of godliness, but would deny the power thereof. That is intellectual. That means, yeah, I've heard about Jesus in my mind. Yeah, I've heard he died on the cross in my mind. I think that's true. I believe they put him on a cross. Maybe uh, he was put in a grave, and maybe even really did get up on the third day. They've heard it over, and don't listen, America, I hate to say it like this, but America is numb to the gospel. We've grown cold on the gospel because we are an intellectually saved that nation. But for those of us who were God in, have we really got born again? It's more than a man said. I take you to the place, hallelujah, where I got born into the family of God. It means something to me because it's real in my soul. I'm as excited right now about it as I've ever been. I got a, I got an issue with people. The longer they're saved, the meaner they get about. Get about. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with you? The longer you're in this thing, the closer you're getting home, baby. Hey, just any day. Hey, hey, glory to God. I'm feeling good in my spirit again. I'm this close. I'm one heartbeat away from home. I'm one breath away from home. I'm one step. A hop and a jump away from going home tonight. Yeah, right. yeah. This world ain't my home. I, I love my family. But here's the promise. I'm going to see them again. If I go home and die tonight, I want y'all to hear me and hear me well. I'm telling you, God's been turning in my heart some things. I mean, I, there's a preacher just died. Right. I thought he lived 150 years. I really did. Ain't nobody like that man. I mean, he's God's man. 
had an ulcer bust and he's gone at 63 years old. Listen to me. You don't have to be old and gray-headed to slip out of this thing. I could go tonight and yeah, in my flesh it's sad to leave behind three daughters, a son, a wife, and a church. But listen to him. Hear me tonight. That is my ultimate goal is to cross over Jordan. Is to walk on streets of gold. Is to sing and pray and praise my lovely Savior. I know that I'm going and it means something on this side of heaven to be born again. I know that I'm saved. And if you don't, you're missing out. Amen. Are you listening? Yes, amen. You're missing out. Amen. Like, how many people do you talk to? Well, if you die today, did you go to heaven? I hope so. That ain't good enough. You can know. I'm going to read you some verses here. The Bible says this. Paul said it like this in Philippians 3. He said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted for loss for Christ. He said, yea, doubtless. And I count all things but loss for the excellent knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered loss, uh, the loss of, of all things, and do count them but done, that I may win Christ. Right here is the key. He said, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. Look here. After Calvary, listen, the law never saved nobody no how. I need a little help right there. We're doctrinal preaching tonight. You're all okay with doctrine, ain't you? The law never saved nobody. Paul said, after my, I have my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. Notice this, verse number 10, Paul said, that I may know Him. Yeah. Right. You, do you know Him or know of Him? Oh, I mean, I know of Elvis, but I don't know Elvis. Y'all yeah. with me? You can know a whole lot about somebody. There's people that know, they can tell you everything about Elvis. They can tell you his birthday. They can tell you the day he got the, his this award and that award. They can tell you when his biggest album was, when his first song came out. But they don't know him. I'm just using him as an example. You understand, you can know of somebody and not know him. Paul said this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. First John 5, 13, these things that are written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. First John 5, 20 said, and we know that the Son of God is kind and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true even in his son Jesus Christ this is the true God and eternal life I'm not beating a dead horse I'm preaching the Bible you ought to know if you've been saved born again as he told Nicodemus you must be born again that which is born of flesh is that which is born of spirit is spirit and so there's some things the Bible makes very clear yes. about if you are or if you are not born again. Right. Now, I've done said it, but I get my assurance from the Word of God. Amen. So we're going to look at these quickly. Number one, I'm not going to re-preach all this, I promise. But number one, I'll say according to the Bible, you've been born again if there's a time in your life and you have been confronted slash convicted. You cannot be born again until you have been confronted and convicted. 
confronted with the gospel. Hello? You don't go to heaven by being a do-gooder. You don't go, listen to me, this, this is offensive in these days. You don't go to heaven because the preacher at BBS said, everybody that wants to go to heaven, raise your hand. Right. We're not doing that here. I'm not making some little Susie or some little Joe uh, walk through his whole life and because he because we wanted to make a Facebook post saying we had 40 saved and they go the whole life confused. Listen, there's, there's more to it than that. You've got to be confronted with the gospel. Amen. Right. Bible said that in, in Romans 1.16. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God and salvation. To everyone that believes to the Jew first lost to the Greek. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. Paul goes on to say, he said, I deliver to you first of all that also I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scripture. Listen to me, until you are confronted with the gospel, you cannot be born again. That's the, only, that's the only way you get saved. You've got to see yourself sit like this this morning. Until you get lost, you can't get saved. Now y'all stay with me tonight. I'm, I'm giving you my best shot. Until you get lost, you can't get saved. problem in this day and hour is nobody wants to get lost. Well, I'm a good person. Newsflash, no you're not. What's your Bible say? There is none that doeth good. No, not one. The Bible says this. Every man that's been born of woman is a few days and full. Amen. For all have sinned. That means, you know what all means? You know what all means in Hebrew? You know what it means in the Greek? I mean all means all. You know what Hebrew or all means in Japanese? It means all. Every man, woman, boy and girl from the youngest Right. My little Everly to the oldest. Amen. We're all born with sin and flaws and faults. Right. No man is a good man. The only thing good about you tonight is if you're yes. saved and the Lord that saved you that lives in you. Yes. The only thing good about you. Until you're confirmed with the gospel, look here. It's hard to pursue a Savior when you've never heard what He done to save you. And it's never meant Something that's never became real in your heart. I'm not talking about here. Y'all with me? Right. There's a lot of people that know about the gospel, but they never had that moment of confrontation where they were confronted. And then notice this. Not only do you have to be confronted with the gospel, but then in order to be saved, you must be convicted by the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. We all need the Bible for that too, don't you? Come on. John 3, 19 said... This is condemnation that light has come to the world that, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. That was you. Neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth uh, truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be manifest. Thou wrought in God. John 6, 44 said, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. John 16, 8, and when he has come, talking about the Holy Ghost, he will what? Reprove the world of sin. You know what the Holy Ghost does? I said this morning, the Holy Ghost is not your guardian angel. No, for God. He reproves you. Yeah. 
That's what being con what's the root word of conviction? Right. Convict. Do you have a day where the Holy Ghost showed you just how big a convict you really were? Right. Amen. I said it this morning. I got saved at a young age. I knew the gospel. I knew about heaven and hell for a long time before I got saved. Right. But on that night, God, the Holy Ghost, convicted me. I had been confronted. But on that night, January the 9th, 2000, I was convicted of my who I was. Convicted of my rejection of the Lord Jesus. I seen that cross in a different light. I seen it really should have been me instead of him. Yeah. Yeah. Now listen to me very carefully. If you've never had a day that you were a convict before Almighty God because the Holy Ghost showed you you were a convict, you it is impossible that you have been born again. That's right. You can't be born again by just wanting to go to heaven. I know this ain't popular and it was going a little better this morning, but oh well. Listen to me. It is a whosoever will. How many of y'all believe? Red, yellow, black, or white, they're all precious in the sight. God will save anybody, but it don't save them any time. Amen. That's right. What about, well, today's the day of salvation. Well, today is the day of salvation, but God must draw you. You've got to be dealt with. You've got to be confronted and convicted. You can't just get saved whenever you want to. People make their mind up. I'm going to live for me and then before I get sick, before I get old, before I'm almost ready to die, I'll call on His name. It don't work like that. If God is not dealing with you, you ain't getting in. If God ain't drawing you to Himself, you ain't getting saved. That's why we don't believe in easy believism. I believe it's easy to get saved, but I believe without conviction there's no conversion. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I've got too much Bible that says without conviction, there's no conversion. Yeah, right. Amen. Without repentance. Yeah. Repenting a prayer is not repenting. Right. Right. I'm going to have to hammer on that for a minute. Repenting a prayer is not repentance. Amen. I told you this morning, all throughout this Bible, there's a pattern of men having to go down before God in order to be saved. There's a process. Of repentance. When God convicts you, that's when you have the opportunity to be converted, but you have to repent right, yeah. of your sins. Yes, sir. Number two, and I'm hurrying along best I can. According to the Bible, you have been born again for first time in your life, or you've been converted, or you've been changed. How do you get changed when you get born again? Two ways. You get a new nature, right, number one. Yeah. Listen to me. People that can do whatever they want, go wherever they want, live however they want, act however they want, try whatever they want, drink whatever they want, drink, smoke whatever they want, smoke, talk and act and do and dress and watch and go and you name it, however they want. And, and there's never been a change. They have no desire. There's no pleasing the flesh versus the spirit. I mean, there's never been a regeneration. There's never been a born again experience. They cannot be saved without a change. Remember, take something. When that change takes place, you can't undo it, even if you try. Are you listening? That's right. You may. I'm not saying you're gonna stay perfect. You can get way out there. Yeah. But you ain't never gonna be able to get way out there and be how you used to be, because you're changed. Amen. 
Because the Bible said this in Romans 13, 14, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ, may not provision for the flesh to fill the lust thereof. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, but all things become new. Galatians 2, 20. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 3, 9 and 10. Lie not one to another, seeing that you put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge of the image of him that created him. 2 Peter 1, 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You cannot be born again without a new nature. Amen. That's a change that takes place. Not only do you get a new nature during that change, you get a new navigator. The Holy Ghost will move in and set up camp, and he don't he don't get evicted. You don't get to demo him. You don't get to evict him, kick him out, take a vote, and overthrow him. When you get saved, you're born again. He's there with you until your dying breath. People that never, never, ever have a shift in their navigation. Their, their pattern is always their GPS is on. I hate to be so blunt. They've never been born. It's intellectual. They know here. They've been told and they think it's true. But their heart has never turned towards Christ. You get a new navigator. Look at here. Don't you know that your body is living sacrifice? Don't you know that you've been bought with a price, paid for, and ye are not your own? Therefore, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Did you know the Bible still says in Romans 8 9 that ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit? If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Amen. Brethren, verse 12 of Romans 8. Brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many are as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the... Uh, let's say that again. For as many that are, uh, are led by the Spirit of God, they are the... I'm not charging me. And if you were in charge of you, red flag... Listen to me. God will let you step out on your own path and do your own thing. But there's somebody in there that's going, doing his dead level best to pull the reins back to get you to choose right. You've got a new navigator. It's called the Holy Ghost of God. And He'll speak to you and talk to you and convict you and chastise. Listen, you are no longer in charge of your life. If you've really been born again, there's a change. You've got a new navigator. Right. 1 Corinthians 2 said, For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words, which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. 
Are you listening? The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Amen. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Somebody that's always resistant to the things of God, and that's their pattern. Right. And they can't. You 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 you'll try to talk to them, be spiritual with them, and and, it, and they can't understand. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, it flies over their head in a 757 doing 800 miles an hour. You, I mean, I ain't talking about the deep doctrine. Of, I'm just talking about spiritual things. Right. We all pray about this. They don't understand it. There's no navigator. They're, they're in a vessel with, and nobody's driving the thing. And they're aimless and they're careless. And it's all about them, 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 them. Problem, never being born again. I pastor people like that. Know what they were? Know what they are? Lost. It's intellectual. You know about it so much you think that's good enough. That ain't going to work when it comes time to die. God's not going to give you a 25 question quiz and whether or not you make 80% or higher whether you go in. Right. It's not how it works. You've either been born again or you've not. Oh, yeah. You've saved or lost. You're either adopted, been adopted into the family where wherefore and whereby we cry out a father, or you're a bastard and not a son. Amen. I mean, you got a new you're a new creature. You got a new nature, you got a new navigator. Thirdly, I'm almost caught back up where we left off. According to the Bible, if you have been born again, there's a time in your life when you have been chastised. You, you, listen to me. If you're born again, you know about the chastening hand of God. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 12. You can look there if you'd like. You don't have to. But in verse number 6, it says this, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. The Bible said, if you endure chastening, God dealeth, you, dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers and your bastards are not sons. Furthermore, we have, uh, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Right. Now look here, verse 11 said, Hebrews 12, 11, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness, unto them which are exercised thereby. You want to know why the Lord will chastise you? You've been born again. Two reasons. Number one, He loves you. Number two, you're His child and He wants you to look just like Him. To follow in His footsteps, to take on to take on what it is, to put on Christ, to put on the new man, to, to be righteous and holy before, you know I whip my kids not to be mean to them. I want them to know two things. Number one, I love you and I'm not just going to let you do what you want to do. I'm going to wear you out and teach you what you're doing is wrong. Your way is the wrong way. Amen. 
And it ain't just because I'm the boss, but it's this. I know more than they do, and I want when people look at them, and when I look at them, I want people to see something besides their own rotten self. And, then, and when they see them. The reason the Lord will chastise you is because, number one, He loves you. Number two, it is to perfect holiness in your life. That's exactly yeah. right. It is to bring forth righteousness in your life. I don't even want my kids necessarily just because what they do wrong, but more so it is to teach them what they ought to be doing right. Yeah. Well, I got one, I got one or two that are going to help me tonight. Listen to me. God's chastening hand is nothing to be upset about. I would be real upset and concerned if you don't have a time and you can't go to many times in your life since birth, since spiritual conception, since you've been born again, that God, if He's not chastised you, you're in trouble. I've tried to do it my way. All through high school. Almost four, almost four complete years. Not quite, but almost four years. I did what I wanted to do. And God jerked the rug out from under me. And I never forget thinking, how am I going to fix this? And he told me. And I'll never forget. And y'all heard my testimony. Sister Bernie's here. Her son was in the, in, the, in the trailer when God spoke to me. He was in the living room. I was in the bathroom. And I walked out and looked in that mirror. And for the first time in almost four years, God spoke. Y'all can rehearse my testimony. You've heard it so much. What did he say? That's what he said. That's all he said. But when he said, it was like my daddy like I was talking about this morning, I can give Elijah a look. Snap my fingers and did. He's like, oh, no. And yeah. he spoke. That's what I did. I, oh, yeah. My heart broke. Been there. I don't know if you know all the details or not, but I hollered through the house. I said, y'all got to get out. All right. What's wrong? I said, you've got to go. Because I felt that. Hey! For the first time. And I got in the shower. And I was weeping. I said, God, I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord. What you I said, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm so sorry. I messed up. It come out of nowhere. This is not who you are. You, I just walked out of the bathroom, glanced in the mirror how you usually do, and God snapped his fingers. Why did he do that? Because I'm a son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sons don't get to live however they want to. Right. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm warning you all, and I'm trying to tell you, God will let you go so long that He will jerk the rug out under you and chastise you. Yeah. As people this, this evening that we all know and love, their lives have fell apart. Their lives are wrecked. You want to know why? God's chastising them. Some of them was going to be smart enough to realize that for others it's going to take a while. But God will continually. I'm going to tell you something. Y'all can follow that with me if you want. I'm open mine until they break. Amen. That's what I've done, preacher. 
I'm not giving them four or five and then saying, well, that's as good as I can do. Oh, they're going to break. You break their will. They are going to break. I'm not going to whoop them and feel so bad and just quit and they look up smirk at me and walk off. You say, oh, that's me. No, no. I'm trying to keep them out of jail and out of hell, friend. Can I get some help? I'm going to whoop them till they break and God will whoop you until you break if you're saved. He'll wear you out until you break. You will break if you're one of his. Right. You will break. And I broke. And as a 10 year old boy, I confessed before God, I messed it up. And I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. All I noticed, he was, he was, he was hollering at me. I said, I don't know what to do. He said, Yeah, you do. Come to church. My sister and my mom had just started going back to our church that we got out of four years prior. So I said, okay, I'll just go down there. Walked in. Again, don't remember who I was preaching. I remember it's youth rally. There's a lot of people there. And I, I don't know what was said, but God had done been preaching to me before I even got there. And that preacher gave an invitation. I'll never forget it. I run. I run. And I fell down and I said, oh God, I'm sorry. You know what godly sorrow does? Yes, sir. Some of y'all's got sorry over your sins because you got caught. But you ain't never got godly sorrowful. Because when you really get sorrowful towards God, you'll change. You'll turn. I've never, you know, Miss Bernie, ever since that day, I've been doing what I'm doing because I changed. I meant it when I told God I'm sorry. And I repented. And I didn't just pray for me as an 18-year-old boy, Brother Tony. I used to be ashamed to talk about it, but you know what? I don't care what preachers think about me. And I don't care what churches think about me. I know where God got me from. And I'm going to tell you, God to let me. I had a little old precious little baby girl as a baby myself and was looking at a little baby girl and didn't know what I was going to do. I said, God, I ain't just giving you me to you. I'm giving her to you. And guess what? He took us both. And he shouldn't have. He should have left me with my problem. But he go to God. He took us both. She's 11 years old now. Saved. Sings for the glory of God. Minds me and obeys me. And helps me and helps 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 my wife. And helps with them babies. And don't give me a minute's trouble. And I know she could go stupid tomorrow. But you know what I also know? She's saved. And she won't get by with it very long. Because she's been born again. Just because I've been born again. I'm telling you, we all thank God for the chastening hand of God. It's the only reason I'm here tonight. She chastised me. I didn't like it at first, Brother Shelby. I didn't understand it. I didn't enjoy it. I look back. I thank God He wore me out. I thank God He my whole life went to pieces and He chastised me and He jerked the rug out from under me. Listen to me. Oh, that, that, that father, that prodigal, he didn't run down there and bottle feed his son while he was gone. Listen, I know it's going to be hard on some of you parents, but I told my mama and I told my daddy and I ain't saying to be an embarrassment. I'm preaching the Holy Ghost and if y'all tonight, you don't know God either. But I told him, I said, let her go. Let her go. 
what God done, what the prodigal's father done, let her go. Quit begging her to come back. I'm not done with that. I had to get down there and walk around in my own puking with the pigs and in the in the stalls where no man had cared about me before I came to myself. It's been my advice to my parents. Thank God. Could be worse and as bad as it could be. Some of y'all. I ain't harassing you and texting you every week you're in at church. I'll check on you, but I'm not coaxing you. If you've got to have me checking on you to be here, something's wrong. Amen. If you've got to get a Saturday night text every week for you to show up, something's off somewhere. Yeah. I'm going to let you go. Yes, amen. Sister Annette, you know as well as I do, for several years I've tried to keep my thumb on everybody. I ain't doing that no more. Nope. I've not for several years now. I'm letting them go. Because I'm not their daddy. That's exactly right. I learned a long time ago, if I get somebody to come to church because to please me, they'll come for a little while, but it'll wear off. Yeah. If I get one of you preachers acting like preachers and scotching me because you, you're afraid of me, you'll do it for a little while. That's right. But you'll quit again. It'll wear off. Yeah. You know what I'm doing? I'm praying for God's wrath on some of you to get your attention. You say, that's a mean preacher. No, Brother Tony, that's real love. Amen. According to that book, that's what it takes. Some of y'all are going to wind up on the flat of your back, and I'm going to shout. Now, I ain't talking about being mean to you. I'm not talking about beating you up, kicking you while you're down. I ain't going to do it in a public setting, but I'll wait for God to get a hold of some of y'all and wear you out. Because that's what it took for me. And when I finally had enough, everything changed. Amen. I've been doing this over 10 years. And it ain't because I, it's something that I just, you know, I'm so good. No, no, it's been a fight. The devil's tried to kill me. He's tried to kill my family. He's tried to kill my marriage. He tried to steal my nine-year-old daughter and her mind. Y'all remember that? Two years ago, I fought for all ten years. But hear me and hear me well. It's been worth the fight. Hallelujah. I'll be in the perfect will of God and to be serving Him. I wouldn't change it for nothing. If you ain't never been chastised, it's because you ain't been born again. Some of y'all look at me like cats staring at a new gate. You probably just need to get saved. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be mean, Brother Tony. You know a preacher's heart. I'm just telling you that some folks got it all going on here, but it ain't never made its way to their hearts. Now see, y'all do what you want. And seem like God never comes by your way. I'd be worried if that was me tonight. Lastly, and I'm done. According to this Bible, you've been born again not only if you've been confronted with the gospel convicted by the Holy Ghost. According to this Bible, not only been born again, if you've been changed, you've got a new nature and a new navigator, but then thirdly, we just seen, if you've been born again, you there's a time in your life where you've been chastised because you're a son, not a bastard. But lastly, that's where I really want to dig in for just a minute. According to this Bible, you have been born again if there's a time in your life where you've been commanded to continue in Christ's love. 
commanded. What do you mean? Well, the Bible says this in John 13, 34. A new commandment I give you. Now, if you're taking notes, you need to write this down. Loving the brethren is a new commandment only given to those who have been born again. New commandments are only given to new creatures. Yeah. Are you listening? Because here's what it says, John 13, 34. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. How are you going to love the brethren like Jesus loved you if you don't fully comprehend His love for you? That you also love one another. Verse 35. Notice this. John 13, 35. Listen loud and clear. 15 minutes, 10 minutes, we're done. He says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. I'm going to say something out right here and religious people would get mad at this statement. So if you're religious, you're a Pharisee, you're not going to like this. Listen to me. Brother Tony, I do not like all the brethren. I hate to be honest with you like that. I don't like them all. Is that okay to say? I mean, y'all get mad at me if you want. There's just people, and I think they're saying they're my brother. I, don't, I just don't like them. But I love them. What do you mean? As bad as I want to pinch their head off, I can't. There's something in me that resists and loves the people. And I'll turn around and do good to them when they just treated me horrible. And I don't even want to. But I want to. Is anybody following me? I mean, there's times I, I really don't want to care, but I care. I love God's people. You know where that came from? New commandment given to a new creature. I love them because here's how it's so easy for us to, should be easy for you to love the brethren because here's our example. Like he loved us. So let me ask you something. Has any brother or sister ever done you the way you've done him? Not nobody. I don't care if they run off, take your house, your land, your family, your car, they still ain't done you as wrong. As you've done him. I don't care what they do. We have absolutely broke every rule he ever wrote. We've went against every commandment. We've broke every commandment. We have disobeyed in every avenue. See, religious people can't take preaching like this. But that's why they're dead and their religion and the Spirit of God's not there and He's here because I've always tried to establish that I'm a nothing and you're a nothing and the only thing good about us is what He done. That He lives in us. We've broke every rule that's ever been written. I have done things that I hope never, ever get out. You know what I want these preachers to learn? I ain't talking about bragging on sin. But don't ever try to reach a bunch of sinners and esteem yourself like you're something, somebody. We ain't nothing else. There's things about Joshua Scott Griffith born May the 4th, 1993 that I hope to God you never catch wind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. 
Now, y'all act like you don't have them in your life, but you do. He knows it all. If I get real happy and leave the building, y'all just keep having jerks. He knows it all. He knows every detail. And even after he saved me, look here, I didn't do all my sin before salvation. I said it. Worst thing I ever done was stole Legos and, and beat my sister up, but she did deserve it a lot. But anyways, you know what I've done all my sinning? After I've been saved seven years. 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. That was the worst years of my life after I've been saved for seven years. Brought up the right way, taught the Bible. Taught everything I needed. Sang the songs. Memorized the verses. Heard the preaching. Didn't participate in the service. I mean, I was in it all. I didn't do my sin afterwards. You know what I found out about his love? When he spoke to me, I said, Lord, if you'll take me, I'll come. Right. You know what he done? He ain't going to grab it, are you? <laughs> he reached out his hand. Right. And when I reached mine out, he picked me up. Right. <laughs> and he wiped me off. Yeah. Amen. He cleaned me up. He said, boy, we got some stuff to work out, but we can do it. He kissed me. And he protected me. See, the law under that old prodigal, they should have stoned him. But the Bible said the father ran and fell on his neck. Why did he do that? Keeping them Pharisees from stoning his boy. If I choke him out, he turns blue, just tell me. Be here. Put a ring on his finger. Whose ring was that? It was daddy's ring. Stand right there. Don't run back off, probably. You done come on, son. Put a robe on his back. Whose robe was it? It was his robe. He put shoes on his feet. What you looking at? Don't fall, Michael. What you looking at? You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Right here, right here. He discovered about Phil. Stand right there. He went behind the house and got a ribeye. And gave the best meal he had to his son. Y'all listening to me? When you look at him... You know what you see more of? You see more of me. When you look at him, I might have to swap out prodigals. Where's Elijah? I guess he was in the far country. You okay, baby? I just want you to help me for me. All right, I'm going to have to quit. Okay, baby, here. Look, look, look. Right on, Mama. I'm sorry. 
Oh, thank you, Sam. Can I ask y'all something? I'm done. I preach all I can preach. Is there anybody here tonight that you can't help but love the people in this room and all, all over the country? Even if you don't necessarily jive and get along. Come on now. Something about it, God's people, I love them. Yes, sir. Can I say for some of y'all in here that you're all the time pushing back from the table? God's people get on your nerves so bad. All of God's people's bad people. All of God's people's hypocrites. All of God's people's this and that. And that. I mean, look here. According to that Bible, you've never been born again. I don't know how to put it other than what the Bible said. If you do not love the brethren, you've never been saved according to the Bible. So we preach what the Bible said, so let me ask you tonight. If you had to close your eyes in death tonight, can you go out of here knowing? Do you know that you've been born again? Some of you that's living in sin, some of you that's not right with God, how far are you willing to push it? Do I got your attention still? Brother Chris, go ahead and come. How far are you willing to push him? Because you're claiming to be saved. If you are saved, chastisement's coming. And it's not because he wants to be mean to you. It's because he loves you. Let's all stand. Father, we love you. I've done my best tonight. And I pray, dear Lord, that something has been said in this room. God, that was deal and convict and draw and move those who are here tonight and Lord that you speak to their hearts. God, we've all got people in our lives that we love. Lord, we pray tonight for those who are gone. Lord, that through your chastening hand and hard lessons, And Lord, when they return, they'll mean business and they'll live their life for you. Dear God, please, Lord, take what's been said here tonight and use it in such a way to change somebody's life forever. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Nobody's looking. Real quick, I wonder if there'd be anybody here tonight. Say, preacher, if I die tonight, I can't, I can't tell you that I'm saved. I've never been born again. I don't have none of that. What you preached about. I've never been saved. Would you pray for me? Anybody slip your hand up? Right back down. I won't come to you, bother you, or embarrass you. But you're here. You've never been saved. You don't know what it is to be born again. Would you slip your hand up right back down? Anybody? I've never been saved. Brother Josh, would you pray for me? Anybody? Maybe you're here and you say, Preacher, I have been saved, but I'm be honest with you. I sure ain't living for 
the Lord the way I ought to be living for him. I ain't right with God. I, there's some things between me and him and I put them there. I want you to pray for me. Remember me when you pray that I get closer to the Lord. Anybody like that? Slip your hand up. Oh yes. Oh yes. Anybody else? Thanks for me, Lord. I need I need you to pray for me. I'm I'm just not right where I ought to be with God. Anybody else? Here's all I want to do. If you raised your hand, admitting and confessing that is it's a good thing. But it ought to go further than that. If you really want to live the Christ-centered, victorious Christian life. Can I tell you what, what it requires? Right here it is. Here's the solution. It requires you to make a decision. You have to choose it. God does not force himself on you. And so before I left here tonight, I believe if it were me, I would make that decision. God, I'm not going to live for me any longer. I mean, he did die for you. Poured out all his blood for you. He's putting a borrowed tomb and rose on the third day. He did all that for you. The least you can do for you for him is live your life for him. He gave his life for you. So I wonder if there'd be anybody tonight that needs to come and do business with the Lord. Altars are open. Father, I've done my best. Bless the invitation. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to come tonight, you come on. Come do business with the Lord. You come on. Just come on. I sure wouldn't go home that way. If you do, it's all it's your fault. For those of you that are here tonight and you're saved and you know it, I may find you somewhere. I don't know. Just thank the Lord been saved and you know that you've been saved. He's going to play. If you need to come, you come on. I'll leave you all through here for just a minute. If you need to come. called me to do. I preach what you called me and told me to preach. And God, what we do with this from here is that does. Lord, I pray for those who are here tonight. They're in sin. They're strayed, Lord, away from you. God, there's nothing good that comes from that. Everything from that point forward is all downhill. And you will get the final say so. And if they're truly saved, you will break them. You'll break them. They can choose to do wrong even after you break them, but you'll break them. So God, my prayer is this, that they would listen to the message and not have to learn. 
I have to go down to the far country and about die and be starved to death and neglected, left for dead, before they realize they can come back and sit at the table. But God, I learned many years ago, some people will never listen. They always learn the hard way. So God, my prayer for them is this. Break them. Whatever it takes to get their attention, that's what I pray you do. And that scares me to pray that, but that is my prayer.